before um, I say anything, does anyone have anything that they felt God was sharing with them they want to share? Just leave the opportunity. Anyone that has a picture or a word they want to say anything? No pressure. Um, as we were just listening and waiting on God there, God spoke to me, there's two people, there's a decision you need to make, you've been pondering this week, um, quite a serious decision, life decision, and God was just saying, I don't know what words to speak about, but be attentive, because you're going to get your answer today. Thank you. Cool. So I've said it before, but like, <clears throat> whenever I speak, I want to make sure that I'm not just here on a rotor saying something because I'm on a rotor to say it. I think it's really important that, you know, the reason why I'm speaking today is just to try and share what God said through me. Um, and I felt that was really important just to spend a little bit of time um, doing that to make sure that we're on the right page before I said anything. Um, before we go into it again, Jill, I'm really happy for you that you won the rugby yesterday. I'm half Scottish, so when we win and beat England, I'm Scottish, and when England win. But have you seen that, that advert um, for Iron Brew? Like the, the one great thing that Scotland made is Iron Brew. And they um, did that advert where basically they said that we lose all our sports games, but we try really hard, and we have lots of heart. Have you seen that advert? Yeah, so they might have changed that, but well done. <laughs> really pleased for you. <laughs> Cool. Um, when, I, when I last spoke, I spoke on uh, Romans and we looked at the, the law and what it meant. And when I prepared that message, I kind of had like a revelation from God about what the sacrifice he made on the cross actually meant for us. And I understood how Jesus dying saved us and how him dying separated us and freed us from sin. And when I was preparing that message, I was kind of like, actually would tell you I was in the living room and I was like a bit bit freaking out. I was like, how do I say it? I need to say it properly. I need to be really clear and explain this. And she was just like, yeah, okay, yeah, just say it. And I was just, I was, had like this amazing revelation of God and I got a, a different insight, understanding to his love for us. And in that preparation stage, I kind of felt God challenge me a little bit, as in, come on, why didn't you do this before? No, why didn't you read this before and look at this? Um, so if any of you here have the Bible app on your phone, Anyone? Yeah? Has any of you done the Bible in a Year plan on that app? Well, about every 10 days on that app, you get like a really nice thing that pops up and it says, every day it feeds you the verses you're meant to read. On the 10th day of every period, it says, um, take this day to catch up on your readings. It's a day off, basically. And then there's, um, and it gives you a verse. And this is the verse it shares. I'm going to put it on the screen. Well, it's two verses. It's 2 Timothy um, 3, 16 to 17. This is from the NLT version. It says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So, before we look into that, I've I brought a, a guest with me today. Um, this was part of our non-official prenuptial agreement when I got married to Astrid, that one day this thing would be part of our lives and she had to be okay with it and happy with it. Now, before I show you what it is, there's this thing here, by the way. 
um, can, you know, it's quite special to me. So can you just kind of give me like a whoa face when I reveal it? Yeah. It'll make me feel better. If, if I show you like, like this, then you'll go, right, that's great. I'll be a bit disappointed. So ready? So when I put it off, do like, pretend you won the Oscars. Yeah. Can we have a go? So one, two, three. You won the Oscars. <gasps> Perfect. Perfect. I'm so excited. I'm going to pretend I hadn't said that beforehand when I do this. I'm going to watch your face. Ready? One, two, three. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're all silly. Um, <laughs> what did you say? I thought you called it a scooter. And we're about to become, have a very big problem. In it. <laughs> okay. There's jokes, and that's taking it too far. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this, this is my Honda CBR650F motorbike. Um, I love this machine. It's got about 80 brake horsepower and it does 0 to 60 in about 3 point something seconds. Um, so I'm very, very fond of it. Her. It. Her. It's called, uh, it's called the original gangster because the license plate has OG in it. And I thought, that's quite a cool name for a motorbike. The, the OG. Um, so in the UK, to, to get a license to ride a motorbike, you have to do quite an extensive series of tests. Because they're pretty fast, and this is like a middle, sport, middle range sports bike in terms of power. So this is a 650cc engine. You can get 1,000cc, 1,300cc, and they're even faster, quicker, and meaner than this thing. So to get a license to ride them, the government's made it pretty tricky. So you have to get a, what's called your, your CBT, which is your compulsory basic test, which enables you to ride the scooters, and 125s on the road. And then you have to do um, an, another, you have to do a theory test, and then you have to do your practical test, which is two parts. There's the Mod 1 and Mod 2. And Mod 1's in a car park. You'd go around loads of cones and show you've got skills and you can go around all these things. And then Mod 2's like a normal car test on a road and you're followed by a rider talking in your ear. And if you're over 24 years old, you can get any bike you want to when you pass your test. If you're under 24, there's two. You have to do that process twice again at different age levels to be allowed to get the bike that you want to get. So they restrict engine size depending on your age. But it's quite a, quite a stringent testing. So when I actually managed to pass my test and got on the bike, I had some level of skill and understanding and ability to ride the bike. I could ride the bike safely on the road. I can get from A to B, and it was okay. Occasionally, a car would pull out on me, or I'd go too fast in the corner, and I'd feel a bit... My, my dad calls it a clench moment, when you just clench, you're like, like that. And you, because my family all ride, they all ride motorbikes, and you have these moments where you're just a little bit like, oh, I could potentially hurt myself. No, I won't hurt myself, Astrid. But I could potentially hurt myself. And you kind of panic a bit. And I was going through the internet one day you, on YouTube, looking through some like, tips and tutorials about riding a motorbike. I could already ride. I had a license to ride. I was insured. I was legal. But I was looking at how to enhance and further my skills on the bike. And I found this video. It's called Twist of the Wrist 2. It's like a 1990s video. Like, it looked like one of those science videos you watch in high school, you know, when it's like really, it's proper lame. They made motorbikes look really lame in this video. But they had these amazing bits of knowledge that I didn't know about. And I want to look through three of what's called your safety reactions, or your SRs, as they called it, which is an instinctive reaction that your body makes to protect yourself when you're riding a motorbike. So much as if you were stood in front of me and I pushed you over, you wouldn't just go, oh, and 
fall over. You'll put your arm out and try and catch yourself. Your body would instinctively, if you try and fall over without putting your arm out, you're not going to do it because your body will force your arm out to try and protect your organs. and your, It will sacrifice the pain in your arm to protect your head and your chest and your vital organs. So on the bike, there's a series of intuitive ways your body tries to protect itself when you're riding. So we're going to look at three of those, um, ones combined. So the first one we're looking at is braking or cutting off the throttle. Right? So when you go into a corner, there's this point where you go, right, don't think I'm going to make this corner. And you kind of panic. You think you're going to go into the wrong lane and crash the bike. And your instinctive reaction on a motorbike when you think you're not going to make around a corner is to shut the throttle off or pull the brakes. And you think, the, the mindset is, if I slow down, I could get around the corner nice and safely, go home, have some tea, and have a McVitie's biscuit. <laughs> but what actually happens is, when you're on that bend and you pull the brake mid-turn, physics pulls the bike back upright. So by pulling the brakes, the bike starts straightening up. And then you go into the corner, and you probably crash a little bit worse than if you just maintained a steady throttle, or actually, in fact, increased, because if you increase speed, it adjust the uh, rear load suspension, which increases surface air on the road, and uh, that's physics. <laughs> so, in fact, your reaction, your instinctive reaction is to slow down, it's getting a bit dangerous here, and that increases the danger and increases your risk, when you should actually maintain the speed or increase the speed slightly to push through the corner. Am I right, Larry? Yeah, he, ride, he used to ride some big motorbikes back in the day, Larry. Rosa said he's allowed to get another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, so that's number one, braking or cutting off a throttle. Number two um, is a thing called target fixation. So in a panic, when you're panicking on the way, you're going around a corner and you're panicking, and you're on this really nice, open, empty road, there's videos of this, and it's amazing how it happens. A nice, big, empty road, and you think, there's no way I could possibly crash. If you panic on that bend, and there's one single object, lamppost, or rock, or something, and, you're in, and you don't know about this thing, you can very easily go around the bend and go, oh, I might crash, oh, there's a pole, I'm not going to hit that lamppost, I'm going to avoid that lamppost, oh, I'm going towards the lamppost, and then you hit that lamppost. <laughs> it's called target fixation, where you focus on the object you're trying to avoid, rather than looking around the bend of the corner and actually going past it. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the process of trying to avoid that object, you focus so much on it, you hit it. And it's really funny to watch on the internet. I mean, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you, know, you laugh, and then it says, like, this person seriously hurt themselves, and then you feel bad for laughing. Other times, they just, you know, they broke the bike, and it is funny, because it is so stupid. But it's instinctive reaction is to you focus on it to try and avoid it, and has the adverse effect. So that's target fixation. So we had cutting off throttle, braking, and then target fixation. And the third one um, is a thing called counter-steering. So, imagine lots of you have a bicycle or a pedal bike. And when you ride a motorbike, you can ride without really understanding counter-steering, but you don't really know why things are happening. So when you pedal on a bike, you're riding along, you tend to push with your left hand and pull with your right hand to go this way. And you want to do the other way, you're going to pull with your left and you push your right and you go left. Does that make sense? So, oh. is that clear? Yeah? It took me a long time to understand this, so I'm trying to be... But when you get to about 15 miles an hour or so, you start flipping into counter-steering, which is when, if you think like you're on a bicycle, if you're trying to go, I want to go left, 
Um, so I'm going to push with my right hand and pull with my left hand and I go that way. What happens is, as you push on your right side, the bike dips and goes right. So it's opposite. Um, and you tend to understand that, otherwise you wouldn't be able to ride the bike. Your body kind of instinctively works its way around it. And lots of people think that you can steer a bike by stamping on the pedals. Or, you know, like Valentino Rossi, you know, like shifting over the bike and you get your knee down. It's not necessarily the actual body positioning or the feet. It's just the touch, a touch on the handlebars that make the bike react very quickly. So you can see, you can literally just touch it and the bike will dip very quickly. So... In lots of, lots of, there's actually lots of videos online, these, are, these tend to be the, ser the more serious crashes when you're going around a bend or a car pulls out on you and you panic and you think, oh my goodness, I need to go left to avoid this vehicle from hitting me. You press on the right, you pull on the left, and instead of going left, the bike comes back into the vehicle and hit, hits it head on. And you see people do it, they panic because they're trying to get around it. So I took this information that I learned in this video I could already ride a motorbike, so I was already on the road legally, safely and insured. And I had, so I had a, a set of skills here. I then took this theory, I combined it together, and I was a much safer rider on the road. Like now if a car pulls out of me, I know I can just use counter-steering. Well, I now know that if, a bend's going, if I'm going a little bit dodgy in a bend, I can just maintain my throttle and it will come out the other end fine. I know how to ride a bike, I know why it does things and how to use the power that it has. So when I was preparing the message I had last time, I kind of realized that's quite a lot like my Christian walk. I've, in, I've, inherent, I've inherited a lots of knowledge over the years. Like I've attained an amount of Christian understanding. Right? I know that Jesus died on the cross and that he saved us for our sins. I know that this happened and that happened. I know that that Daniel was in the lion's den, I know, all these kind of things. And I had this inherited sort of knowledge, understanding of the Bible, and I could get by fine, right? When I'm on the straight roads, it's fine. But when I'm in a bend, or when a car pulls out on me, sometimes I panic. I'm like, am I really saved? Or did God really do that? Or I don't really understand why that means that I can walk in freedom. Or how am I actually saved from sin? Or how are these things actually, does God really love me? I, and when things got difficult, it was very easy for me to not understand that God really loves me. Because I had this inherited knowledge and this relationship with God. But I hadn't developed it outside of that relationship by reading the Bible to try and equip myself and build myself. And that Bible verse there, it says, all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is that's an is, not odds. What is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. So just like the motorbike, I spent all this time on the road. I don't know, like 2,000 miles before I realized about all this stuff. And I spent a little bit of time equipping myself, understanding a little bit more to ride the bike. And when I prepared that message and spent some time nurturing, actually reading a Bible passage and looking at the whole chapter or two chapters and reading into it and trying to understand it, God spoke to me through that verse and enabled me to enhance my relationship with him and enhance my whole walk and journey with him. I had an understanding of exactly what it meant to be saved by faith. And... And in that, I had the ability to kind of actually walk confidently as a Christian. I kind of increased, like, you know, the past couple of months for me haven't been the best couple of months. 
what I mean? It's not been like an easy couple of months. Sometimes life's easy, sometimes life's hard. And the revelation I experienced when I spoke last has enabled me to understand that I'm saved by faith, and understand and stand firm in my faith and wobble less and panic less and clench less on that corner trying to dodge the cars or on the bend because I understand what God's done. So when I prepared that message last time, God spoke to me about equipping myself more. God spoke to me about spending some time with him and reading the Bible because the Bible sometimes isn't fun to read. I'd rather watch Netflix. Do you know what I mean? BBC iPlayer. There's too many, there's too many distractions. My phone, YouTube. There's so many things. And kind of by, the Bible seems a bit boring sometimes. And sometimes we think that we only hear from God by praying. But actually, praying is us talking to God. God is not limited to how he talks to us. Do you know what I mean? God can talk to us while we're praying. He can talk to us while we're riding the bike. He can talk to us while we're sitting here. He can talk to any other situation. God uses the Bible. His word is in that Bible, and it speaks to us, and it gives us access to revelation, to understanding, to whole new things about him. It shows us the truth, and it equips us and prepares us to fulfill the calling that he has on our life. So I kind of had this thing, like, I'll be struggling with lots of stuff. Whenever I'm struggling, I kind of sit there, and I'll pray a little bit. I might talk to some people. But I don't really spend time in the word where God has equipped where he uses that word to equip us to handle the exact situation that we're looking at at that time. So when I read Romans, and I understand that we're no longer married to the old law, and we're married to this new law, we're married to Jesus, we're married to, to freedom, then I can actually understand how amazing his love is, and I had this fresh revelation and an increase in my faith, which enabled me to be a better, not a better Christian, a more... Um, a more, a more stable Christian. Do you know I, mean? I understood things more. So when people talk to me, I could talk to them about this. I could say, actually, you're right, because God's done this for you. And I kind of think that the reason, like, this message, right, I could sign up really quickly. It's read your Bible more. Yeah? Read your Bible more. That's exciting, yeah? It's not exciting to say it like that. But actually, the Bible is really exciting. It's challenging, can be scary and hard to understand. So some practical tips when reading the Bible. Firstly, we're like in this nugget culture of verses. So often you'd get like someone would say, Timothy, someone would say, like, like actually the Bible app says, Timothy, 2 Timothy 3 verse 16. And you get one single verse. And you never really think to look before or after the verse. But the context as to where that verse is within a chapter, can sometimes really bring it to life. I promise you, if you read the start of that chapter, maybe the chapter before, and the after, you actually understand what the Bible was trying to say. So the first thing, the first practical tip I want to say is get some context to what you're reading, because sometimes God can bring you on a whole new journey. There's times when I've gone to prepare a message looking at a singular verse. I've read the chapter before it and the chapter after it, and I've changed my message completely because what God was really saying was something more powerful than what I thought he was saying from a single verse. Verses are great. They're encouraging, but I think we need to read a bit more. When the Bible was first written, there wasn't verses. That's something that we've added over time. It's important to read the Bible around that. But secondly, and I wanna, I'm going to plug something for church here, and it's not because I'm on the leadership team or anything like that. It's because it's, 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 it's important. I don't always understand the Bible. I sometimes read it and like, am I going to die? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You read it and you're like, did he say I'm going to die? I'm pretty sure he said I'm going to die. But actually, he's not saying that. He's saying something else. 
or it's relating to something else in the Bible or another thing that happened. And sometimes it can be really difficult to understand. If you read the Bible, <laughs> they like the message. <laughs> but if you ever read the Bible and you get stuck and don't understand it, it doesn't mean you're not clever. It means it's really hard to understand sometimes. So there's two things you can do, right? There's one thing, first thing you should do, you can ask for wisdom from God and say, God, like, please show me what this is trying to say because I don't understand it and I'm a little bit scared right now. Am I going to die? <laughs> Firstly, you're not going to die, just to say that, if you do read the Bible. But secondly, it's get into a life group. Get plugged into a life group. We come to church every Sunday, right? And as couples, we have a relationship with God. As your individual, we have a relationship with God. All of you have individual relationships with God. All of you have individual callings on your life and individual things that you are speaking to God about. Individual struggles, individual things. And you come to church and we collectively come here and we meet with God. It says when two or three gather, then God is in the midst. But we can't just rely on Sunday alone to fulfill our understanding because there's no way that people speaking at the front or the message that's shared with you can cover everything in your life because there's so many who are unique and individual and there's so many things that need covering. So things like, just John. <laughs> it's getting worse. Can we put a soundproofing in the budget? <laughs> Can we do that? That should be important. <laughs> I've actually lost. No, I remembered. What did I say? What was I saying? Someone say it. Come on. Life group. Life group. But honestly, reading the Bible is hard. Being a Christian is not just a straight, easy, open road all the time. There's so many bends that are scary. There's so many cars pulling out trying to knock you off. There's so many things going on that makes riding a bike difficult, that makes walking your life as a Christian difficult. Get plugged into a life group. Connect with people who are Christians around you and ask them questions. And they'll ask you questions. Try and build relationships in that life group. It's so important. Like we... I've been going to life group, Ashton and I go to life group, and it's amazing because we can just have people pray with us, and we can pray with other people, and build relationships, and be propped up by one another because it's so, it can be hard to understand what God is saying to us in the Bible, and in our prayer life, in our situations. It just helps build your relationship with God so much. And I'm not saying that because we, we do life groups as a church, I'm saying that because it will help as an individual connect with people and get propped up by people because honestly, if you sit there and you go, I don't understand that, but I think the Bible is saying this, I'm going to believe that, that's going to be part of my belief system, and it's wrong, then you're making your life harder than it needs to be. Do you know what I mean? I've, I have conversations, I've talked to a couple of guys about stuff at Life Group, and, and the other thing is, right, so we've got um, context, we've got Life Group, and we've got accountability. Like, and this is difficult to do because it requires trusting someone. But I would really encourage you to find someone to be accountable to, or a couple of people. Someone that you're, you trust, that you're, you're friends with, that you can talk to, and open up with them a little bit. I've got a couple of guys that I speak to, and it's like massively enhanced my ability to not be in stress all the time. Because I can ask them questions, I can share with them how I'm feeling. As guys, we do have feelings. <laughs> we don't often share them or talk about them. Yeah, but. I think it's so important to actually have someone to talk to because we often have questions that we're scared to ask or we've got situations that we're scared to talk about because we think it might affect how people look at us. Like, get someone to talk to, you know. Have, have an accountable person, whether it's a friend or whether it's someone, and I would, I would say as well, 
that person be a Christian because then you can get the insight from what their God is talking to them about. And they can pray with you and get pictures for you. But accountability, life groups, and context are things that are really important when looking at the Bible. Because I don't want to stand here and say, read your Bible, go home now and read your Bible. And then you not understand what you're reading and not know what to do with that information. Because I need people to tell me what things mean. I talk to Dave sometimes about things. And I'm like, is this actually, when I speak at church, I often ask him before I speak. I prepare a whole message and I go, Dave, just want to make sure is this verse meaning this? And he goes, yes, it is. I'm like, okay, thank you. Because it's just a sanity check to make sure we're understanding what God's really saying. Because we're humans, right? And we love each other. We get, some of us have parents who love us. Some of us are married and we, we love our partners. Some of us have children and we love our children. But the love that God has for us is so much greater than that, we can't comprehend it. So when we read the Bible, when he's talking about things, that we find it hard to understand and to comprehend. We struggle to really get what he's saying sometimes. So by talking to people, having relationships, having accountability, we actually get that next level from God. Because when I was preparing this message, it's kind of like, I don't really want to stand here and say, read the Bible. It's not necessarily an exciting message where you go, I feel so encouraged today. We're talking about reading the Bible today, and I want to go back to my week today and, and enjoy my week. It's not necessarily encouraging, but I feel that God has plans for this church. I feel that God has plans for this community. And that, like me speaking, or Dave and Judith as the pastors or whatever, they're, they're people. God is using people to complete his plan. He's an expert at using imperfect people to complete his perfect plan, right? He's an expert at that. It's not dependent on Dave and Judith or the leadership team or someone who's your life group leader. It's all of us have a relationship with God. God can use all of us in our own way. And I think God is shouting out sometimes to say, I'm trying to speak to you. Look at the word. Look at the word. I'm speaking to you through this. I've got a revelation for you in this bit here. Have a look. Have you ever read a passage or had something come up in church and you've seen it and you've gone, mm, that's interesting. I wonder what it means. And then you just push it to the side and don't look at it again. There could be something in there for you. Uh, and that's the, that's the picture I had when I was thinking of this. I had this picture of all this group, a whole room full of individual people, individual relationships, couples in relationships, and there's a church in relationship, and God wants to build us up to be more powerful. It says that God is a powerful God, doesn't it? We were singing what a powerful name it is. And there's so much of that in the Bible. Um, I'm not really, before I was preparing this, I was like, I don't know how to end this, right? Because I don't want to say, who wants to read the Bible more? Put your hand up. So bow our heads and just raise your hands. You want to read the Bible more? <laughs> you know? I think what I want to do, and the reason why I did that, that bit at the start, because I wanted to make sure what I'm saying today is the right thing, and I think it is. I'm just going to pray in a second. Um, and Sam shared that word earlier, and he said that someone has something they're going through. I mean, I encourage you now, if that's you, read the Word, read the Bible, but also talk to someone. Yeah, come and talk to someone about what verse it could be or whatever it is, because that, the Word, is, the word is, is from God's mouth often, and you hear Jesus talking in the Word, and God can be speaking to you through that. So if that Word that Sam shared was for you, please come and talk to, to me or someone. Um, if you're thinking that you really want to get plugged into a life group so you can actually have a connection of people to prop you up while you're going through stuff and to talk and to share and have a, a friendship group, please talk to Jill. She's a Scottish one who won rugby for the first time in her life today. 
and, and then find someone else to be accountable, find someone to talk to and share to, it's just so important. I think that we're kind of getting to this level as a church where there's more to be had. There's going to be an increase, but God needs to equip his people so that there can be an increase. And we have to do this collectively. There's no point one person equipping themselves. And this is not going to be pressure. I thought I'd say this. As I'm saying this, I am the worst at doing this. Like, literally the worst person. Ashley would tell you, I spend so much time on YouTube and playing PS4 and stuff when I could, and I'm like, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed, I'm going to play PS4. And that's what I do. I'm the worst at doing this. I need to equip myself. God is challenging me in this to equip myself more, to learn the truth that he has for us, to learn more about that so he can use me in the calling that he has on my life. And collectively, as we go into the next, as there's there's going to be an increase, as more people from the community come into the church, can I get an amen for that? I'm not like that, but can we get an amen? Amen. When people come in from the community, come into this church, and we see an increase of people being saved, we need to be ready. So I'm just going to pray, um, and you know, if you have this resonates with you, talk to me, talk to Jill about life groups, talk to anyone, get some, get some context in your read, Bible reading, get into a life group, get accountable to people, and just spend time with God. And that, that five minutes, closing your eyes, listening to worship music, and just sitting there and saying, God, I'm listening, speak to me. He can say things to you in that time. Because we're just, he's always waiting, he's always ready, he's always ready to speak to us. We're just not, we're often not ready to speak to him. Let's pray. Yeah, God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are, um, you are our saviour, Lord. We thank you that um, you are the king of kings, you are a powerful, um, you are a powerful God, Lord. You are, um, you are Lord over all of our situations, Lord, that you are in control, Lord. And I pray, um, Lord, that just as we have this time now, just talking to you and just praying, uh, Lord, I pray that you, you speak to us, Lord. I pray that you can build a resolve in us, Lord, to spend more time with you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you can um, break through our instinct to, to turn left and to pull right and to crash and to pull the brakes, Lord, and our instinct to, to, to not equip ourselves to ride with you, Lord. I pray that you give us a resolve, Lord, to spend more time with you, Lord, to equip ourselves to understand the truth that you have for us, Lord. I pray that you can um, give us the resolve, Lord, to actually read the word and understand what you're saying to us, Lord. I pray um, that, you, that, that, that word of increase, I pray that word of increase over all of our lives, Lord, as a church and collectively and individually, Lord, I pray an increase in all of our lives, Lord, that that you can build us up to be the people you need us to be, Lord, for the next growth um, of Horizon, Lord, for the people we reached in the community and saved to know you, Lord. We pray that in your name. Amen. I just realized, I forgot about that mic. I was being here the whole time. I got a bit passionate. So there were things about the motorbike I was going to talk about, but you got to look at a pretty bike today. And that's more than you could ask for.